Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. Lock the gate! All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? It's Mark Marin. This is WTF, my podcast. I'm back. I'm back in my house. I'm back in the uh, temporary studio upstairs down the hall from my bedroom. I'm back with uh, not quite a severe case of jet lag, but it's happening. It's about to happen. I think it's about to happen. I think part of me thinks that uh, we should be sleeping right now. When I'm recording this in the middle of the afternoon, part of me is asleep. I don't even fucking know if this is a dream or not, to be honest with you. That's where I'm at. It seems to be happening a lot lately on either side of this journey. I think I checked in with you when I got to London and I wasn't sure what I, whether I was dreaming. But I know I was in Dublin yesterday morning and I know I'm in uh, Los Angeles right now. Oh, by the way, to continue the narrative for some of you asking the question before I forget, I did not eat the pastries. I did not eat them. I, uh, I got them out of the room. If you don't know what I'm talking about, catch up. Today, Christina Hendricks is on the show. You might know her from a lot of things. Mad Men was a big thing. But uh, she's on that show, uh, that series, Good Girls. It just got picked up for a third season. And uh, new episodes air Sunday nights at 10, 9 central on NBC. She's going to talk to me for a while. Um, oh, I remember what I was going to say. For those of you who are like, enough with the tour dates, uh, go fuck yourself. Is that too harsh? I apologize. I know there's kids in the car. Sorry, you guys. Sorry. Mommy didn't see that coming. I um, Look, it's the only way. I mean, I've got to tell you, no one listens to anything consistently. Nobody checks their Twitter consistently. Things get lost in the feed. I just posted a, a, a fucking video on uh, Instagram, which I don't like doing. And my phone's fucked up, so it's got a buzz to it. But it's it's the only way to promote. I, I don't have some sort of strange kind of natural cultural momentum where right when I announce something, it sells out because somehow or another people just breathe in the information. I have to make an effort. And there's some dates that, added, uh, that I added that a lot of people don't know. So I got to say it a few times. I don't know who I'm yelling at exactly, but it might be you. So... Up on the site at WTFpod.com slash tour, these are the theater dates. All right, there's some club dates coming up. Like, I'm in San Diego this weekend. I don't know if it's sold out. I should know, but I don't. Thursday, Friday, Saturday at the American Comedy Club. So here are the, the theater dates coming up. Portland, Dallas. That's Portland, Oregon. Dallas, Texas. Not Dallas, Maine. Austin, 
Houston, Vancouver, Seattle, Chicago, Detroit, Minneapolis, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Boston, Nashville, Atlanta, San Francisco, and I will be adding a Toronto date. Now, the club dates coming up are Vermont, sold out, St. Louis, um, San Diego this weekend, Madison, sold out. But all I'm, all I'm doing is if any of these seem possible to you or, or things that you might want to do, go to WTFPod.com slash tour and uh, investigate if you can come. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing it for everybody who tweets at me or sends me an email after I've announced this shit a hundred times saying like, hey man, I had no idea you were going to be here. It's for the, it's for them. All right. All right. So I love fucking Ireland, man. I fucking love Ireland. Fucking Ireland. I love it. That's three different ways to use the word fucking in a uh, compliment about Ireland. If that was part of the quiz. Can you use fucking in three different sentences uh, complimenting Ireland? I did that. I did that. Next question. Next question. I, uh, okay, I didn't tell you the story about my first day in Ireland when I arrived there. I think I've talked to you since uh, the show, haven't I? What day is it? Monday? Maybe I haven't. So I haven't talked to you since the show? Huh. It was fucking great. At Vicker Street, it was great. There's something about Ireland that I still love. I love the Irish people. And I'm not being, I'm not even being sarcastic. There's some sort of kindred, beautiful, you know, multi-generational, centuries-old heartache to Ireland. I mean, the Irish have been let down and uh, left hung out to dry and, and sort of uh, misgoverned by several different institutions over the many years they've been around. They've, and there's just a weight to it. There's a darkness, but it's beautiful. The darkness is, is there's a counterbalance, man. I went to a Glendalock. Me and Jimmy rented a car and we drove. It's great, man. If you got old friends that you haven't seen in a while, just make sure you see them. All right. Jimmy and I, we don't see each other enough. It was coincidental that he was in Ireland and uh, it was just great. You, you know, we, we see each other, each other maybe once a year, once every two years. And he's just one of those friends that you drop right into it. Not a lot of distance between us, uh, uh, who we are. And it, it's like no time has passed. There's a consistency to that. Thank God for it. But so he rented a car and we just drove up. He drove because I wasn't going to deal with that wrong side. of. It. And I don't want to make a you know moral judgment. The other side of the street thing. Because I just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think I was in the, had the vigilance necessary. But we drove about an hour outside of Dublin to Glendalock. And it was beautiful, man. There's a graveyard there. There's an old building. I didn't get the history. I didn't, I wasn't in, I was just talking to Jim, spending some time with my friends. It was a beautiful day, which I hear is rare. And we took a big, long walk. And there were sheep and hills and a bog, a bog. There's a bog. See, that's the thing is Ireland is by far one of the most beautiful places you can ever go, yet there's this darkness to the people. There's this counterbalance. It's like walk outside almost everywhere is stunning in an old-timey, beautiful, rustic way. Even the modern cities have elements of that, but yet there's this, there's this brooding. It comes up from the bog. 
I don't I can't do an Irish accent. Maybe I can. What what are you doing in Ireland? That's what the customs guy said to me. When I got there, the customs guy. What are you doing in Ireland? I'm performing at Vicker Street. Looks at my passport. I've never heard of you. Uh, that's fine. Bonk. Stamps the passport. That was it. Welcome. Welcome to Ireland. But there is this, I, there, I, there's something about my heart that connects to the people there. They're not going to, it's just, they'll, they'll take you down a notch just innately because they live there. And they have forever, and it's part of their perception, their their life, the lives of their grandparents. Though very progressive there now, but there's still that element. Don't look for compliments in Ireland. Where's that T-shirt? Huh? But uh, Glendalock was beautiful. Had amazing food in Ireland. I just don't understand on some level how they how there is that. I guess it is the balance. I guess if it wasn't so beautiful and it wasn't so sort of comforting and grounding and and just that if it wasn't that they'd be an incredibly existentially dark people but I, there's just a balance it has something to do with the bogs <laughs> the bogs against the, the the stunning green the bog people they found them, mummies perfectly preserved in the bogs the darkness is in the bogs of the spirit of the heart the bogs of the mind the spiritual bogs of the heart. I had some amazing food. I ate at a place called uh, The Winding Stair, which was genius. I ate at a place called The Pig's Ear in Dublin, which was fucking amazing. I ate at a place called Eli's Wine Bar, which was great. The fucking produce, the fish, the meat, everything about the stuff there was just great. Yeah, I had great food in England, too. I think times have changed. They've come around. They realize, like, we're sitting on a gold mine of really clean food here, and we should uh, use it to our advantage and send a few of our guys out and let them learn how to cook in an amazing way and then come back and then honor the cuisine of our forefathers in an updated, beautiful way. They do it. I didn't eat the pastries. Oh, so the show at Vicker Street went great. I, uh, I had a woman um, open for me, Emma Doran, and she was great. And uh, the people at Vicker Street were great. The crowd was great. I just, I feel, I just felt totally like comfortable. Like I was barely, um, like I was barely doing uh, stand up comedy, Mark. Oh, pow! drinking tea i'm drinking this high-end um assam tea harari golden tips or something spent some bread on it maybe that's why i'm loopy okay it's almost time to wake up for me this dream has been interesting like in this dream what happens next is i talk to christina hendrix is that weird and i know it's going to happen in my dream i know it is how do I keep losing the copy for this show? <laughs> Come on. How does it keep getting under there? So Christina is in a new series. It's not that new. It's been around for, what, two seasons? Good Girls. It's on NBC. Sunday nights at 10, 9 central. And there, these there's new episodes up. So this is me. 
talking to Christina Hendricks. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. So what have you been running around doing the thing? Yeah, I've been doing a little bit of the thing. Yeah? Were you out today? I went out today. I've got a couple things today. Went to New York last week. Really? Yeah. Did Did, that stuff. Did you live in New York ever? I lived there when I was 19. I moved there. And I lived there for almost three years. And now I kind of go back and forth because my husband's show shoots there. What show? Madam Secretary. Oh. But you weren't, you didn't, so where do you come from? Grew up in Idaho. Idaho. And Virginia. Wait, and we're Oregon. In, oh. You're like, wait, back it up, Idaho. No one says Idaho and gets away with it. Well, well kind of. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I have such a, a weird kind of mixed, uh, um, probably bad instinct about Idaho. What is your instinct? Well, that there's some like horrible white people in Idaho. Uh, in terms of, well, literally, I think there are some like white nationalist movements stationed up there. And there's also, but there's also the large TM community I know is in Idaho, but I also know it's beautiful, but I know that it's a, it attracts uh, off the grid whack jobs. It is absolutely beautiful. It's a very large state. Yeah. So you're going to get a lot of different things. Yeah. The white supremacist situation you're talking about. Yeah. I know up north in Idaho yeah. for a long time, there was a thing going on. I commented it. Yeah. This is a funny story. Yeah. Years and years ago, I did a few episodes of ER. Yeah. And in my interview, when I just went to meet them and hang out, yeah. they asked me where I was from. And I said, I'm from Idaho. I said, the Mormon part, not the white supremacist part. <laughs> yeah. And they changed and they used the line on ER. They kind of like stole it. But they said, um, I can't remember what they said, but it, it it wasn't the Mormon part. It was the something part, not the white supremacist. And they got so many letters. Oh, really? At ER. From regular Idahoans? Yeah, that were like very, very defensive about this. So yeah. I don't have the facts, guys. Yeah. But you got a feeling. But the rumor is, <laughs> but I have no facts. There's some bad news in northern yeah. Idaho. And people are, you know, protective of it because it is a beautiful place to live and there are amazing places like Boise, and it is, you know, I lived right on the Snake River Canyon. And oh, wow. Pretty gorgeous. Wait, wait, so how? why there? My dad was in forestry. Like he was a, a far, what, what does that mean? Uh, is there a title? Um, forest scientist? A forestry in? He was in forest planning. Oh. So by the end of his career, when we were in D.C., he would, it was international forest planning, so meet with people from other countries, best way uh, that they had found to preserve things, sharing yeah, yeah. ideas with other countries, working together to, you know, make it as 
Yeah, good as, as, possible. As, as good as possible and maybe not burn down that kind of stuff. Engineering. Yeah, discussing all that stuff. Yeah. Clear cutting is controversial, but, you know, going through like just, yeah. you know, whatever. Someone's got a, a an idea that's working. He's uh, a forest specialist. Yeah. And he worked for the, 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 the government. Yeah. U.S. Forest Service. That's that seems exciting somehow. He loved it. He absolutely loved it. it. Very seems, passionate about it. Seems like a great job. What are you doing? Going outside? Yeah. I mean, at the end, he didn't get to go inside. He was in an office. But he did start out as a forest ranger. Oh, with the hat? With the hat. <laughs> Sometimes that. he would dress as Smokey the Bear, like on when we had like school. Look at my shirt. Like, oh my God, you're wearing Smokey the I mean, that is actually really coincidental. Yeah. I'll say. Yeah. Yeah, your dad was Smokey the Bear and I got him wearing a shirt. Come, he would come in the suit. I remember once he came to our school. We were having like a school fair. Yeah. And um, <sighs> these crappy little kids uh, came up behind him because you're in a bear suit you can't see and sure. tried to light him on fire. Oh, that would be ironic. Yeah. Jerky kids. Yeah, it's pretty jerky. Yeah. But I mean, but uh, pretty specific. Yeah. Let's see if we can burn Smokey. Yeah. Yeah. Clever in some horrible way. Yeah, in some horrible way. But did you? So, so were you like a camping family? How many people yes. in your family? Camping family. My brother and I yeah. and my parents. Uh, tents. Tents. Mili- militant camping, whether you like it or not, camping. Oh, so it was like that. Some some families have the skiing thing where it's like, come on, we're all going. But you were like, get get ready. It's like 5.30 in the morning. 5.30 in the morning, rain or shine. Hike. I still kind of... When my alarm goes off yeah. and it's dark outside, which, you know, we have, we have to go to work sometimes yeah, so early and exactly. it's still dark out. I still get the like convulsions. Like I have to pack <laughs> up the VW van with the tuna sandwiches and like, you know, have my Danish. Boots? Yeah. Like still traumatized. I'm like, I'm in the middle seat. I get the middle seat. Yeah. That panic of like, you know, packing that shit. Mm, right. Awful. Do you have your shovel? What? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We 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 weren't uh-huh. allowed to stop for food or right. anything like that because it was too expensive. So we we would pack a cooler, and because I was the younger kid, it went like in between the front seat. Anyone who knows a Volkswagen van, it's like it goes in the the middle one. So I was the middle kid, so I never had a, really a place for my feet. So oh, I had to like the torture. Yeah. yeah. And we it, had no radio, so we had to. I like would sing and oh. drive my parents crazy. Well, maybe that was the beginning of everything. It was the beginning of something. <laughs> Was it the <laughs> was it the, the the van that had the pop up top? No, Not I think that's I van? think that's the Vanagon. Possibly, this was the classic VW bus, the the good old hippie bus oh, that you okay. imagine in your head. And you all slept in that, or you had tents? We had tents. Oh, good. If okay. it was really if 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 the conditions were really bad, or if there were bears or something, we would go and sleep in the oh. van. But um, no, yeah. we had tents. We'd all sleep in the big tent as a Hendrix family. And wow. Whew. A lot of togetherness. Yeah. Were there bears? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes bears. Yeah, I don't. I've had not had any bear experience. I, I've had skunk, possum, oh, uh, sure. coyote, and that's just here at your yeah, house in exactly. L.A. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Scary <laughs> you don't cats. have to go camping for that. Nope. Right here. Those dodgy deer that wander <laughs> around L.A. Oh yeah, I get. Oh, I go. I, sometimes I go on the mountain here, and you see them. They're I, they're mule deer, I think. I'm not sure what they are, but they, they don't look healthy. They they look like I downtown know. deer. <laughs> I know, and you barely ever see them. Like you, I know, you, and you're you like, see, oh, what's the matter? Are you then, lost? Yeah. So it looks like they're kind of strung out. Yeah, it's like when you see coyotes during the day, you're like, that's not good. That, can't that be guy good. looks shitty. Yeah, he'll you know, do anything. A, exactly. Yeah. That desperate guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so you do Idaho and then you do DC and then where else? Uh, well, born in Tennessee, then oh. br- brief, briefly in, in Georgia. Mm. 
uh, elementary school in Portland, Oregon. Oh, that's nice. Then to Idaho, then to Fairfax, Virginia. Portland, right? But that oh, Portland—that's a lot of moving around. Yeah. So you're like one of those weird kids who like would show up at school and yeah. they'd be like, "Oh, who's this?" Yeah, Man. you had to like you were the kid with the weird fashion because it was cool in the last place, but. <laughs> When you got to Idaho and I was wearing like the checkered van hat with the checkered van shoes and the fluorescent uh, socks with the lace socks over it. They were like, that has, that, yeah, we don't do that yeah. here. Yeah. Where's your farm outfit? Yeah. They were like, we don't do that here. You're like the Please only one? adjust. Oh, no. Yeah. First day of school, you're like, I'll show them. And they use different like words than, uh, you know, like I remember when I first moved to Idaho, I, I've told this to other people, no one's heard of this at all. Mm. They called someone a beak. A beak. Like a bird beak. Like, yeah. if, like if someone was a nerd or not cool, they were like, what a beak. Pretty innocuous. Not horrible. I still don't know what it means. Well, that's probably better off. I mean, yeah. if you're using a slang that no one really can identify, I mean, you Everyone know, knew in Twin Falls. I know. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> but you went there after Portland? I uh, went there after Portland. Do you have a family in Tennessee? I like Tennessee. I moved when I was about two months old, and so I don't it. know it, but I have- a fabulous uncle there who keeps trying to get me. So you won't go. Well, he's invited me so many times, and just because of work, I haven't been able to. But I would like to go back and spend some time. What part? Uh, outside of Knoxville. Oh yeah, I was born in Knoxville. It's a, it's I, I I you know again like you know I need to spend more time in Idaho. Maybe I'll change my attitude about it because I it might. I go to the south. And I, like for years, I was like the south, and now I'm like it's the beautiful, it's the most beautiful place. I know. Nice people. You can. I don't know what they're really thinking, but it's right. <laughs> they're nice there right to your face. There are tons of nice people in Twin Falls, Idaho, and it is a lovely. You're acting like I keep riding this. Like, no, nope, Idaho. You're shitty. like, I'm not believing that for a second. <laughs> I well, the reason I feel very, very close to it because yeah. it's where I started doing theater as in a Idaho. child, and uh-huh. I was in something called Junior Musical Playhouse Jump Company. So you you go there age like in third grade or fourth grade, or I was in the middle of third grade. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And so that most of your def- uh, formative years. Yeah. So you started doing like plays as a kid? Yeah. My mom wanted us to do something that would help us make friends that wasn't just at school yeah. because the cliques of sure. school. Yeah. The horrible girls. Yeah. And <laughs> and my mom had always done theater in high school and college. Uh-huh. And I think it's something she would have really liked to have pursued. And she did a few community yeah. plays when she was our mom. Right. So oh, that's she was fun. like, so I'm you go gonna, see your mom. In yeah, the I remember. I was really young, but I remember her. I think she had to kiss someone on stage, and she was in a costume, and it was kind of blowing my mind. Oh, right. I was like, what this is, she, is not my mother. What, what is, is she, she doing? doing? And that's what ended your parents' marriage. Yeah, it was that play. <laughs> no, I'm sure it started before then. <laughs> oh, were they? They didn't make it. <laughs> they didn't make it. Yeah. No, they didn't make it. Um, I'm sure it's more the camping <laughs> than the play, <laughs> to be honest. I want They would move. both agree, by the way. <laughs> I want a city. She and was never. like, I never want to camp again. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so I felt very fond of that place because uh, I, I was very happy there. Yeah. And what, like, what were you, when did you start doing the shows? I mean, I must have been nine years old or something. There was an audition to be in the best Christmas pageant ever. Yeah. Do you know that book? I don't. I'm it's, sorry I don't. I wish I did. The people who know it go, oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, wait. So, so it's about this. Uh, <laughs> do you know the book, The Best Christmas Pageant Ever? Oh. I know. Yeah. I know. You did it's that? It's favorite. Uh. So they were doing that as a play. Yeah. And I don't know why we had to sing. 
Maybe, they maybe may just sing Christmas carols. Maybe I didn't sing on that one, but the second one we were doing Bye Bye Birdie. Oh, yeah. And I went in and I, I must have been 10 years old or something, and the I tenure. sang You Are My Sunshine. Oh. And, uh, and, he, and, he just and knocked. I got the part. Oh, good for you. I was you. in the chorus. Yeah. How, yes. big, how, how big of a casting call was that? Who'd you, who'd you knock out of the running? How many? Like 10 kids? Well, it's really funny. The girl, yeah. I wanted the part of Ursula, mm. which is the quirky best friend. Yeah. And uh, Tana Studebaker got it. Uh. She was four years older than me, five years older than me. And I admired her so much. She was so beautiful and talented and cool. Yeah. She wore like Birkenstocks and MC Hammer pants before uh. like anyone was doing that. Was there a lot of people doing and that? And you know what? She's coming to visit me next week. <laughs> Get out of here. From Twin Falls. Someone you know when you were nine? Yeah, that I've admired my whole life. And we've remained friends. We sort of had a reconnection. And she's coming with her daughter to visit me next week. That's crazy. Full circle. And it, what, what, what business she end up in? Um, she does teaching. She actually, very um, coincidentally, she now teaches Jump Company. She helps direct some of their variety shows uh-huh. and does choreography and, and direction for them. And um, she's been a teacher in many different ways in Twin Falls. But that's she's nice. still with the company, yeah. Well, that's nice. The same company? It's like uh, Jump Company is the company that did the shows? Yeah. It's really funny. That's like, crazy. I was shopping for a table at Jonathan Adler yeah. about a month ago. Uh-huh. And this guy who worked there, McKay, if you're listening, so nice. And he was like, are you from Twin Falls, Idaho? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Thinking. Yeah. And he goes, I was in Jump Company. So it's here. like, it's a... Um, it's a real stepping stone. There were a lot of really talented kids in it, and a lot of them stayed in the arts. A stepping stone to furniture sales? Well, to <laughs> to giving you confidence to sure. get out if you and want. And go to L.A. And, and give it a go. Yeah. I was just being a dick. Yeah, no, you were being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's so inspiring. Yeah, God, yeah, you got to dress me on the Idaho thing. Yeah, No, I do. <laughs> I, I like when, like, I think that people that come out of community theater or those, or start that young and learn that thing. It, it seems like there's always a bunch of grown-ups that come up in it and want to keep it going, that don't have big dreams, but know it's good for the kids and it's good for the community. It was such a part of our community yeah. that we would do performances at the local college and the whole town would come out. Yeah. And at the time, <laughs> that town was about 30,000 people. I think it's probably doubled in size now. Yeah. But we we were big shots sure. in that town. Then I moved to Virginia, and if you were in the theater department, you were not cool. Oh, yeah. So I went from like this this really supportive community that right, was exciting right. yeah. if you were in Jump Company yeah. to going and being in the theater department in high school, and everyone was like, I'm going to throw shit at your head and so really you, and, tear you down. Yeah, nerd. <laughs> yeah. Beak. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the nicest way they would, they would, I don't think they use words that nice. Not in Virginia. Not in Virginia. More evolved It was slang. a little more sophisticated over there. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a historical foundation of intolerance. <laughs> in that part of the in it's, that part of the country, true. it's true. But uh, so but but the fact is is that like of course an entire city would. It's like watching kids perform plays is like great. It's it's sweet. It's so great. I mean, there's definitely a waiting for Guffman quality to sure, it. of course. But, but the, if but, you remember waiting for Guffman, they were actually really good at the right. end, right? Yeah. But when you're a kid, like, I mean, I did Meet Me in St. Louis in seventh grade, and I, I had a mustache on, but you really think you're doing it. Like, you know, when you're that age, you're like, I got, I'm doing this. Oh, no, we had and people I'm, come up to us at then and say, listen, 
we saw Greece mm-hmm. on Broadway and your version was better. And we were like, yeah, we're like we like we thought we were as good as Broadway because we were being told. Yeah, we didn't know Broadway. And you probably were being at least more earnest. You Maybe. know, like, well, no, when you're a kid, like there's all that weird vulnerability and you're giving it your all and there's giving there's it. no cynicism that has ruined it or no you know sense of like perfectionism or, or expectation. You're just sort of like, I'm going to do it. And it was so sad because they wanted to give more kids opportunity. Yeah. So they made more pink ladies and more T-birds just so that like. <laughs> <For Greece. laughs> yeah. So I was like a fake pink lady. So like there's like 20 Like I of made them? up my own name. <laughs> like it was just like. Oh, really? And then we had to change all like the dirty bits, like the dirty lyrics yeah. and stuff. What was your, what was your made up name? <laughs> Do you think you were um, I, I was, I was Cherry. <laughs> Good one. I came up with Cherry. <laughs> Good one. So what? So what happens? You moved to Virginia, and now you're 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 a genius actress. <laughs> you've you've done important work by by Birdie and Grease. To, to seven mention, brothers, seven brothers. To just name a few, you know, it's all right. It's all right. And you step into high school then. Yeah. Because your dad moved. Yeah. Your parents still together. My parents were still together, but my mom was like, "So help me God, if you move <laughs> yeah. these children," and yeah. we were like, "We hate you. Don't ever take us away." It was really traumatic on my family. Bad car ride. Bad, bad, bad. Yeah. Bad in the VW bus. Ugh, that's a long drive too. Yeah. So, and so like, and so right away, ugh, to move at that age is the worst. It's the worst. I mean, you're, you're going. Dug into, in. you're, it was the first year of high school, mm. and you've got all these amazing friends. Yeah. Back in Idaho. Then you're all going to go to high school together. Yeah. To a no- certain extent, we were all different ages. Oh. But but yeah, I mean, you had this, you know, a, a sense of like putting your roots down and yeah. and you know you're getting crushes on boys for the first time yeah. and and uh and it was a very sort of wholesome place to grow up sure. too Idaho like yeah. we would all get together as boys and girls and like we would play follow the dog and sardines and oh, yeah. like we would all cook together yeah. and sing songs yeah. like it was really quite innocent yeah so then we got to Virginia and all the girls were like carrying purses. Yeah, I was like, "Moms carry purses. What's right. this?" Like, yeah. and they would all wear these um, these chains around their neck, you know, yeah. with the coke tops. Uh, like, you would take off the coke tab. Yeah, and it was supposed to be how many people you'd slept with on uh, the. Oh, and uh, I was like, I yeah. haven't done. I mean, like don't. pull tabs or like, yeah, you would take the like where you crack the coke yeah. open that little tab on yeah. top oh right yeah, yeah. oh yank that's right. it off that's right. and I remember that put yeah. them on necklaces yeah and that was uh, that was your how, how many people you swept with supposedly or? Sup- I'm sure supposedly I yeah. was like whoa 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 we yeah, don't do we, this in Idaho yeah. I don't know the 14? purses and the sleeping with people yeah, yeah it was yeah. outrageous so I was really intimidated sheltered you felt I didn't feel sheltered I thought I thought that. I could sort of sense that they were moving yeah. too fast. Right. I was kind of okay where I was at. Right. Yeah. Yeah. These were racy gals. Yeah. They were like they were talking <laughs> about stuff that I was like, I don't. Yeah. You're a kid. Right. Right. Yeah. And and you didn't buy it, or I didn't really buy it. You know, I, I sort of immediately into went into that thing where I joined the theater department. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we we're that um, you know. You, you're not really allowed in the lunchroom. Mm. You're not welcome in the lunchroom. Really? So, yeah. As people theater make f- department? Yeah. They'd make fun of you and call you names and things. So, we all sort of sat in front of the theater together. Yeah. We were like the little goth punk theater oh, yeah. kids that would yeah. sit and all keep to ourselves. Yeah, so, we yeah. sort of protected ourselves from 
Right. The stuff that was scary to the, me. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the horrendous hierarchy of high school. Yeah. We sort of kept to ourselves. So when you, but it's it always, it's, it's always interesting to me that the theater department, you know, provides this haven for fragile people, for creative <laughs> yeah. people, for people struggling with their sexuality. You know, there was a, sort of an all accepting kind of like, we're just, you know, we're doing our thing over here. And there was a confidence in it, you know? I, Absolutely. I think. A very uh, scrappy, well rounded group of people, but really the people who felt like, they needed a little protection and, and their own family at high school. That's yeah. where you find find them. I yeah, think. that aren't jocks or you yeah, know, you know, horrible people. Yeah, we would our, our our teacher would even like give us hall passes to get out of school assemblies, and he'd go, "If you go spend time like working on your play in the theater, oh, he knew, then I'll get you out of the school <laughs> assembly because I." I know that it's torture. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. knew from generations of yeah. theater yeah, ca- kids. Yeah, he was like, let me at least do this for you. So you were gothy? It was gothy. That was your thing? Yeah. Mm. Like dyed your hair black? Yeah. Yeah. Black hair. I went through the, the gamut that started out with like the sort of cherry red manic panic, mm. you know, and then orange and purple and black. Who were your bands? I mean, what you'd think, Concrete Blonde, Sisters of Mercy, Susie, yeah. Smith, you know. <laughs> the ones. Skinny Puppy. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's weird how, like, you, it, that's how you kind of designed your identity around music. I do. I remember when I lived in Idaho, hearing The Cure for the first time and yeah. seeing a video. It was off Disintegration. And I remember hearing Joey by Concrete Blonde. It was the first time I'd seen like music videos and it blew my mind. Yeah. Like I was just like, wait, there's a there's something else out there. Yeah. And then and and didn't realize at that time because there weren't goths and things in Twin Falls. Right. So I went to Virginia liking that music. Yeah. And and thinking I was a bit odd or different or something. Just for life. And then it. found all the people who were all listening to that music. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they all dress a certain way, too. Yeah. There's a th- whole thing about it. It's built in. Yeah. A whole lifestyle. So I thought I was just coming with, like, some weird bands that I, you know, liked. And then I found out there was a community. Yeah. A community. And yeah. Yeah, everything's taken care of. Yeah. You just got to, here's what you yeah. need. And they're like, oh, wait, you don't know this band yet? Hold on. Oh, that's the best. Yeah, we'll take care of that. That's the best. Yeah. It is sort of, I guess it is sort of weird because a lot of people talk about it and I don't know if I really think about it in my life where you do see something where you're like, there is something going on out there and it's not here. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's like big and grown up and exciting. Yeah. And weird. I, so well, great. I also, I also remember uh, it was my first week in Virginia and I was waiting at the bus stop very early in the morning. And is my- it, Oh, for the bus, school bus? For the school bus. Yeah. And my neighbor, her and her brother were standing there sort of scowling, and she was wearing a Cure t-shirt. And I went, oh, oh, do you like The Cure? She was like, yeah, I'm going to go see him in concert. And I was like, like, it, like watch them play their instruments? <laughs> like, I didn't know that you could go and see a band that you liked. How old were you, 14? I was 13. Yeah. yeah. I mean, bands didn't come to Twin Falls either. Right. So I didn't even know that that was a thing. I was like, you're going to go and they're going to be in front of you playing their instruments. Yeah. She was looked at me like I was crazy. (laughs) Um, Did you go? I have seen The Cure probably five times now, but not that time. Yeah. But I started to go to shows all the time in D.C. Yeah. Yeah. All ages clubs. 
Or did you sneak I in? didn't really do that. I mean, we had these things called Jam for Man, yeah. where local bands would play and you'd bring like a can of soup or something and, right. and then you would get in. And that was more sort of local bands. But there was like a big scene of like Fagazi and oh, all yeah, that no, stuff. Oh, yeah, no, DC was but, yeah. big, yeah. And uh, the and then there rock. was the nine nine thirty club. So yeah. like L seven would come in. L7. You would you would go see like Built to Spill and yeah. you know, you would go see all that. Um that was, and then that, there would be big shows too, but that was a big thing. Those were big though. That was your time. Those were the alt bands that were yeah. happening. Yeah, it was fun. L seven's getting back together. Are they? Yes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I talked to uh, Joan Jett and I think they're they're doing they I think she's helping them do a record. But I think they're coming back if they haven't already. I still have my L7 t-shirt from that concert. You do? Yeah. Do you wear it? Smell the Magic uh, uh, tour. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I wear it very often. It's it's slightly offensive. Like, it, it, you can't wear it out without being questioned. Right. Yeah. It's a bold move. Okay. I got it's it. It's a bold move. It's Not a, when you're a teenager it's so It's more much? like a workout t-shirt. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> So you're doing more theater in high school and you're learning things? Do you have a drama teacher? When do you start like taking acting somewhat seriously? And also, yeah. when did you learn how to play the accordion? Ah. Well, I... Uh, Two separate questions. Yeah. So, so high school was the first time I could choose drama as like an elective. Yeah. So it was the first time I could have a class instead of it just being community theater. Right. So I was super, super excited. And I was a freshman and they had auditions for their first play of the season which yeah. was Blythe Spirit uh-huh. I believe Yeah. oh it could have been All My Sons I think it was All My Sons that Arthur Miller yes they're doing is, that on Broadway now we were now. doing some really heavy stuff it's in heavy school. yeah I did, you know, I think that uh, Tracy Letts and Annette Benning are doing that on Broadway. Amazing they're, they're in rehearsals now amazing I, I even, saw I Laurie Metcalf do it in London and she was so extraordinary. She's amazing. She's always doing some play, and she if you get an opportunity, I've probably seen her in 10 different things. She's phenomenal. I've seen her sitting right across from me, and it was a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you're just sort of like, wow. She's just yeah. so incredibly talented. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, it's kind of something. Yeah. But all, uh, what is uh, All of My Is it called All of My all Sons? My son, all My Sons. Uh, it's like, it's a really dark family post-war Situation. We should not yeah. have been tackling this stuff in high school. My teacher. Uh, then we did Agnes of God. I mean, it was really too much for the kids. But I got I got one of the starring roles, and I was a freshman, and like some of the seniors were a little peeved. Oh yeah, because they're like, this is yeah. So she's way too young. Yeah. Yeah, to be doing this. Yeah. We're, we're more. So mature. I started getting leads in the plays in high school, yeah. and it was super fun for me. So I I really dove into it and then I decided to continue doing community theater so I would do theater in Virginia yeah so I would do high school theater and then I would go out to the local towns and I did some more musicals and so you knew it was your thing I knew it was my thing yeah and what, I was also a dancer though at the same time so I would study ballet every day oh really yeah. ballet ballet? Mm-hmm. ballet like ballet. up on your toes ballet yeah uh, in the toe shoes ballet man that looks I, I think that all helps I mean did you think you were going to be a ballerina I wanted to for many, many years, and I studied as if I was going to be. Yeah. And then, you know, a dancer's career starts when they're like 14 or 15. Right. So if you're not that good, yeah, if you're not a prodigy. then you need to check yourself because yeah. you're like, this hurts a lot. Yeah. And you really, dancers really beat themselves up. There's, it's, it can be mentally. And physically, right? Yeah. Exhausting and, and. A little bit masochistic. Yeah, I saw Black Swan. I yeah, know you up. know, you know, you saw Chorus Line. <laughs> we all beat ourselves um, up, though. No matter what, if you pick a true. creative field. But I think that it is such an 
underappreciated art. And also demanding. Demand. I think it's probably one of the hardest arts yeah. and the least appreciated. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think knowing it's good. You know, I, I mean, absolutely. I for mean, movement, it, for like being in touch with your body and all movement, that Movement, discipline, yeah. being able to take criticism. Yeah. Uh, you know, wanting to do the work in yeah. order to get better, all those things yeah. uh, help in the arts or probably with everything really. So what happens when you graduate or what do you, do you just start acting or what happens? I did my senior year of high school at the community college because I did not enjoy high school. Why? Too much? You, you, the, there wasn't enough protection in the theater department? No. It, it, it really had me depressed with how people treat each other and and the the way that people were allowed to get away with things being hurtful and physically hurtful to people you and it, uh not phys- i didn't get in fights but but there there were fights daily in my school where it was sort of lord of the flies i mean kids would just some poor kid would be getting the crap beat out of him and everyone would be like fight 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 yeah, fight yeah. and it just horrified me yeah and I was too sensitive for it. I, I, it wasn't good for me. So I, uh, unbeknownst to my parents, I and my best friend went to the community college and met with counselors yeah. and said, what kind of credits do we need to, to graduate from high school and also get college credits at the same time? So I did my senior year doing that. Did you get, like, bullied? Oh, absolutely. I got bullied. Horribly. By girls? Both. Really? Oh, For yeah. what? For the way I dressed, for being in theater, for yeah. my fr- the kind of friends that I had, yeah, I had to move my locker from a certain area because I'd get like people would spit food at me and no. call me names. What the fuck? So I knew if my locker was closer to like a certain area that I wouldn't get bothered. And shitty kids. Shitty kids. Mm. Yeah. Ironically, that high school is now a school for the arts, which makes me <laughs> a little bit irritated and also so happy for them. But like, I'm like, really. You got to go back and give a talk. Yeah. When I was here, show yeah, me your locker. Exactly. This I had to move. <laughs> yeah. From this spot. Yeah, you appreciate that locker. Yeah, because of this one yeah. asshole. Yeah, exactly. So community college. So so went to community college. Yeah. Continued doing community theater, and I was yeah. working at a hair salon. And cutting hair. Uh, as a shampoo girl. Oh yeah. And a receptionist. Okay. And my mother decided to enter me into a modeling contest. She had seen a, a contest to be in Seventeen magazine. Without asking you? I think what she said was, look, tore out this page and said, I, I think we should do this. Yeah. But I didn't have any, you had to send in photographs and I didn't have any. How old were you? Uh, I would be 17. Uh-huh. And a good friend of mine who worked at like the local record and tape exchange, it was like very high fidelity and I would hang out there after okay. school. Sure. Hear the new stuff. Hear the new stuff. We play records and like judge people. Yeah. And and uh, he was like, "Oh, this one guy comes in here all the time. He's a photographer. I could, I've got it. I've got his number. Maybe yeah. he could take some pictures of you for the contest." So I called this guy and I said, "Hi, my name's." He's like, "How'd you get my number and what?" Yeah. Or, who, how old are you and what? Are, <laughs> like, what's? Wrong? I don't want any trouble. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> so he decided to meet me at a bagel shop. Yeah. We got to meet in public. And he was like, bring whatever photos you have of yourself. Yeah. And I brought a prom picture. (laughs) And like, he goes, oh, you really have no photos. (laughs) Like, I thought like you would have like, you know, something. I was like, no, I really don't. A prom picture. Yeah. What what kind of tux was the guy wearing? (laughs) Like a baby blue ruffles? No, 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 he was goth. He had like a, he had a purple mohawk and like a. Tails? 
He had tails on and like uh-huh. knee high docks oh, and like yeah. a nose ring from nice. his ear. That was the first boyfriend. I, yeah, I actually saw him last week. He you was did? also visiting. No. Yeah, that was really fun. I hadn't seen him in thirteen years. We had we had drinks and dinner last week. And that was like your love. Yeah, he was like my first love. And uh, how'd he turn out? He's great. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Does he look normal now? Does he still have the nose ring? Or he? I think everyone at work thinks he's normal. He's got a beard and wears suits, but then like. He's got all these piercings and tattoos underneath. Still. The, yeah. He keeps them active. I think he's got more tattoos now. He's got more tattoos now. Yeah, people seem to collect them. Once they start, yeah. it doesn't stop yeah, until I they think run out. Back in the day, he just had like those Celtic bands and like oh, yeah. a Sisters of Mercy star uh, with the fit, you know. Like, and now he's got full sleeves. Yeah, he's got full sleeves. <laughs> well, that's nice. It was nice seeing him. It was so nice seeing him. It was really, really nice. It can be kind of trippy to see people, but you've seen him since high school then, though. I'd seen him once. Uh, several times since high school, I hadn't seen him in thirteen years, but we're we're still friends. So right. we text and we talk right. on the oh, phone. That's and, nice. Yeah. Sometimes I don't see people for like fifteen years, and then you see him, you're like, oh my god! If that's happening to you, it must be happening to me. Well, you have the aging process. I mean, I was a little bit nervous for him to see me because I mean, he could see me on shows and sure. stuff, but he doesn't really watch my shows, right? Um, but still, just seeing a per- someone in person, sure, yeah, is a whole different, so especially someone you were in love with. Yeah. It's heavy. And I found myself sort of like dressing a little bit goth to go meet him. And then I was like, why am I trying to look like I... And then I like started over and then I just went for a whole different look. Did you really? But I found myself like in a black dress and like a red lip. And really? I was, like, I was like, wait a minute. I'm going to soften it up. I'm going to go more like gypsy. I'm going to be like gypsy Christina. It was uh, like really... This is just recently? Just, yeah, last week. Hey, you were gothing I, out? I was gothing out, which is, by the way, fairly normal for me, but... <laughs> That's so funny, though, that you kind of lock into those old patterns. Yeah, I was like, like, still I was like a, yeah, like, I, how would he like to see me? Probably yeah. the exact same way. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. So, all right, so you get the pics, the guy takes pictures. So he took a bunch of test photos of me. I sent them into this competition. And in the meantime, he introduced me to this husband and wife team who started hiring me as a local. Model. So, yeah. So I did a lot of, like, elegant bride and yeah. um, these early things. And then... Um, and then I didn't win the contest. Right. But I got all these nice photos and started to pursue my career. And so... Modeling. Modeling. So probably did about a, a year of local modeling and then decided I had enough pictures in a portfolio to go to New York City. And I went around and met all the agencies and then I moved to New York. What agency did you sign with? Uh, the first agency I signed with was Pauline's. Yeah. They don't exist anymore. Yeah. And then I went to Ford. Yeah. And then I was with IMG. So this was your thing, the modeling thing. That was my thing because I thought, first of all, I didn't know that I could be an actor as a profession. I right. just thought, I'll always do community theater in the evening. I'll get a job. And then at night, I'll do community theater. Yeah. Um, And I had pre-auditioned and been accepted to Virginia Commonwealth and their theater department. Yeah. to go to that college. But I had such a horrible time in high school that I was like, the idea of like continuing education and being still around groups of people, like yeah. just, I was like, this is not for me. Yeah. And when I got this opportunity to move to New York, I just thought, I don't know really what I want to do, yeah. but I I know this is closer. Yeah. This is closer to what I want right, to do. And right. it's getting me in a place yeah. that's not here. Yeah, New York. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I, my I, my first wife was a model who quit, you know, and like you know, we talk about ballerinas, but like modeling's, you know, I mean, she had to quit mm. because of 
you know, the expectations on you to maintain uh, whatever look it is, but it just it just seems like it, it's almost inescapable. Yeah, I mean, eating I, disorders primarily, right? I did not go through that. Yeah, I think I suffered a little bit of that when I was a dancer. Yeah. Um, you know, some of these girls are just so damn young. Yeah. Their bodies are like that right. because they're like not developed yet. Like I was just skinny. Yeah. The girls I knew didn't work out. Yeah. The models smoked. Like, smoked like crazy, yeah. drank beer and yeah. like ate pizza. Like and then it's going to catch up how, with you. How often do they eat pizza, really? I mean, it's all we could afford. <laughs> we couldn't <laughs> so, like we weren't right, eating right. a nice restaurant. So you were eating nothing or pizza. I was eating a lot of sorbet. Yeah. I remember eating a lot of sorbet. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because it's what you could afford. Sure. So, so it didn't fuck you up too so, much. So, but then these girls, you know, I I happened to be lucky. I sort of slowly transitioned. Yeah. Into that, I started doing a lot of commercials. Yeah. And then the commercials led into the acting and then this and that. So I kind of slowly phased out. Where had I stayed in modeling, I would have. Gone come up to all of those things like right. my body's changing right things are not the way they used to be i'm getting right. older that you know whatever yeah, it is yeah, yeah when you're 18 yeah you don't have to worry about too much so you oh, so you kind of your timing worked out my timing kind of worked out yeah yeah so you didn't did you do like runway shit and that kind of stuff or i mostly? did a little bit i was always a little short i'm five right. eight so you never did that you go to milan and all that stuff or you did? i did i did shows in london uh-huh. and i did a handful of shows in new york yeah um, but I never did uh, Italy or Paris. Yeah. And you liked it? I loved it because I was traveling for the yeah. first time. I was going out of the country. Yeah. My first time out of the country was Japan. Oh. Blew my mind. Loved it. To work? To, to work. do a shoot? I, I would spend a lot of models go there because you make a lot of money very yeah. quickly. So I'd spend a month and a half there each time. So to, I went there three different just times. Just to hang out? You just work like crazy. You work oh, oh, like I see. six, seven oh, okay. jobs in so one catalog. Out. Right. Yeah. You get an agency in Japan. You go and live with other models, and you just work, 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 work. And you work. get to hang out in Japan. You get to hang out in Japan. You make a bunch of money and take it home, and hopefully it sustains you while you're trying to get work in right. the other city that you're in. Eat real sushi. Eat real sushi, which is a real treat right? when you're there. Yeah. I've never been there. It's like I've it's never- It's awesome. Do you go back yeah. now even? I haven't been back for 20 Since years. Since then? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I would love to go back. You can. I know I can. I have so many places to go, and I never have a break. I know. You work too but much. But I really, there's so many places I want to go. So you start doing commercials, doing and you get an agent? Is that what happens? Yeah. I So I so I started work, uh, working as a model in New York. Yeah. So then I moved to London, Yeah. Uh, which I fell really in love with. And yeah. so I actually like planted, like I actually- Moved there, moved there. Yeah? Um, lived there for how long? I lived there for just over a year. With Did you go see theater there? Saw some theater there. Mm. And uh, lived with two of my best friends uh, who were teachers. Yeah. And modeled there and loved it, but like just started running out of money. Right. And I was like, okay, I'm not yeah. get like I got to do something. Work's drying up? Yeah, I was like, you know, a couple pounds left in my pocket. My mom was like, I'm thinking about moving to L.A. My brother had moved to L.A. Yeah. And your folks were split by then. They were split. One camping trip. She was like, I only live in Virginia because of your dad and I hate it here. Yeah. So I want to go somewhere sunshiny. Yeah. She's like, do you want to come? And I said, I think you need a car or something. Like, I don't don't (laughs) have that. She's like, you can have the old Buick and I'll get a new car there. Yeah. So we moved out together and- 
I got a modeling agency in the meantime because I didn't know what I was going to do yet. Right. And I called some friends that I knew in the music business because I was so interested in music. I was like, maybe you could get me an internship. And they were like, it's a rough go in the music industry. Like, it's not that it's hard. Yeah. And they sort of steered me away from it. And I got this agency. And all of a sudden, I started working more as a model in L.A. than I'd worked anywhere else, oddly, because L.A. is not really considered a fashion city. Right. But it was because I was doing commercials. Right. For stuff. For stuff. Carl's Jr., Dr. Pepper. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Doing music videos. Yeah. Did an Everclear video. Yeah. Uh, and, And so I started learning things like how to hit your mark on camera sure. well how was the culture shock from I, I guess it's not that much but la sort of a you know bit of a clusterfuck in terms of uh show business and in terms of like i imagine once you did a music video you got a, a kind of a little glimmer or a glimpse into you know what movies and everything's going to be like i mean not k- kind of not, yeah. it still felt like i was i didn't call myself an actress yet when i, I still called myself a model yeah so when I was getting those gigs, yeah. I felt like I was getting the best modeling gigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and there was this sense of like, oh, everyone here is an actor. Right. You know? Everyone's like, trying to do the thing. Yeah. yeah. Y- you would like drive down a street and there'd be all these people like with scripts on, on yeah. the street, like looking concerned. And you realize, oh, they're they're in an acting class. They're running their lines. Yeah. Working. And I was like, oh, this is gross. Like I, I've, I, it kind of turned me off. Right. Because it's all anyone talked about and everyone was doing it. It yeah. felt less special. Yeah. Than anywhere I'd yeah. been. Sure. It's just the, the uh, it's the business of the city. Yeah. Yeah. And... Then I started doing all these commercials, and, and that was going really well, and I, w- I was having fun. And then my brother was working next door to a manager. Yeah. And he was like, you should represent my sister. I saw her in Agnes of God. She's really good. <laughs> 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 and this manager was like, yeah, yeah, everyone's got a sister. That's good. And yeah. he was like, no, I think my sister's really good. And he loved my brother, so yeah. he took a meeting with me. Right. And he was like, at the end of the meeting, I brought him like the commercials I had been yeah. in. And he goes, I, I'd like to represent you. And I said, I don't, gr- I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, what, I don't know what your job is. Right. And he said, well, I'll help you get auditions. I'll help you get an agent. And I'll, you know. And it turns out at the time, he, he had such a small group of people. And he was in this weird little office. But he represented John Hamm and Paul Rudd uh-huh. and like four other people and me. Guys you ended up working with. Yeah. It's wild. Really weird. And we yeah. all like, when we see each other, we're like, remember when we would run into each other in that weird office? Who was the guy? Uh, Ross Brown. Uh-huh. And he was great. Yeah. And I was with him for years. He had a good eye. He had a good eye. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so wild that Ham, you and Ham are being managed so by this little rinky-dink operation. Yeah. And we were at the table read of the very first episode of Mad Men, and John was like, I don't know if you were like... Remember, but we were both with Ross. I was like, oh my God, yeah, you remember meeting you. Yeah, it was really weird. So, okay, so now you're managed and he did, he got you an agent? Got me. I went around and auditioned for agencies. Like, actually, a lot of people don't do this. I don't know how they get around it, but yeah. I, I had to go in and, like, do a scene. Right. You know, so there was a very sweet, kind actor who was also with the same manager yeah. who would go and audition. I would do like Meg Ryan scenes. Oh, right. You know, I was sure. like, I'm a Meg Ryan type. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> you know, so sure. I would go in and do do a scene, and then um, and then I got my first agent. And th- and who was that? It was Don Buckwald. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's. I think they're still around. I think so. The Buckwald agency. I, I remember so. that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people were with them. Yeah. That was sort of a big, not huge yeah. agency. Yeah. yeah. So so I was with them for about six months, and I got uh, an audition for. Uh, Beggars and Choosers, which was on Showtime, and, yeah. and I got it, and that was my first series. Really? Mm-hmm. And and how many episodes did you do? Uh, it was one full season. I think we did maybe sixteen episodes. I came in in season two. And did you do other parts? That was your first gig, your first job, or I before that I did an episode of MTV Undressed. Yeah, I don't even remember that. No one remembers it, but. Anyone who was starting out got a job on that because they needed <laughs> yeah. thousands of actors because right. it was one of these like meandering stories where yeah. this story happens and then that character meets and that starts the next episode. Right. So I did an episode or a couple episodes of that and then I did an episode of Angel where I played an Irish barmaid in the 1700s or something. Oh, well, that's dress up. That was dress up. Yeah. And I got to do a little Irish accent for like my one line or something. And <laughs> then and then and then I got the series. So then I moved to Vancouver and started doing this show. Did nineteen episodes. Did I do nineteen? Yeah. Oh. More than I thought. I just checked. Yeah. Yeah. More than I thought. Vancouver's nice. Vancouver's very nice. It was not a great experience for me. Why? Uh I'm not gonna lie. I don't think that people should be protected when they act bad. Our lead actress was na- nasty, nasty mean. Yeah. She was just mean to everyone. Uh-huh. And and I came in in season two, and there had sort of this precedent had already been set, and the cliques had been set, and people were scared of her and stayed away, and I was kind of the new kid who didn't know anyone. Uh, uh, Carol Kane was on that show. She's sweet. And she is so sweet, and yeah. she came up to me one day, and she was like, honey, you go stand right next to them. You're just as important as everybody else. And I like, looked at her, and I was like, Carol Kane's saying this to me. I'm going to like go, and like, and she, like, she gave me some pep talks. Yeah, she's great. She's great. So I felt a little bit trapped in Vancouver. Yeah. But and, I made a couple nice friends. But then you just started working, it looks yeah. like. Like, you know, episode arcs, things. I did Firefly. I did movies. No, I did mostly television. I, I started to get film roles through Mad Men. So that was the big break, really. That was in a the way. big break. I mean, to me, yeah, you know, just going to work as an actor. Yeah, my dad would keep being like, "Oh, you're almost there." I'm like, "I'm on a national television." Like, it's never, they never. This is all, I'm an actor. Right? What do you mean like, I'm we, almost there. This is the dream. And then there's a we don't get that station. Yeah, yeah, and then so then when you get Mad Men, and then all of a sudden there's like a lot of attention. Then you're like, oh, this is like the cherry on top of the career, right? Because now you can bring your daughter up, and people are like, oh, I know her. All of a sudden, your daughter's in like crossword puzzles and stuff. And I know the crossword puzzle coolest that blows people away. Do you know you're a clue? Yeah, exactly. A Jeopardy clue. Oh yeah, I've been. I got that. I got one of those. I got a couple cross, couple New York Times crosswords, and uh, one Jeopardy. That will impress the parents. Sure. Yeah. But uh, how did that come about? I'm Mad sure Men? you've told the story a million times, but I mean, like, how did you get that part? I mean, it was pilot season, so you go on a thousand auditions, and uh, I, a lot of people were talking about that one because it was really different. The casting. Uh, talking about it as- Talking uh, about the script, like actors who were going out to audition, like, oh, did you read that one? Right, Because right. that was, yeah. like, different. Yeah. 
Um, and I, uh, I remember very distinctly, it was, you know, that casting studio out west that's like that little brick building on a cul-de-sac. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. And I went in there um, dressed like what I thought was like sort of 60s. Yeah. Like, and I auditioned for the Joan role. Yeah. And um, I remember it being nerve-wracking. Yeah. And, um, and then I... Uh, maybe a week and a half later, they said they'd like you to come back and audition for the midge role. And the midge role was the artist who did a greeting cards that has an affair with Don Draper. Right. Played played by Rosemary DeWitt, who's amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I went back and auditioned for that role. And then, then a couple weeks later, they said, why don't you come back and audition for Joan again? Yeah. I was like, I'm not bringing anything to this role. I was going over the lines with my best friend, and I started crying because that's what pilot season will do to you. Sure. It will beat you worst. down. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just saying words. She was like, I think this is yours. I think you're going to get this one. And I went back and auditioned for Joan again, and then it was, it seems like maybe a month went by, and I didn't hear a word. So I just thought it was saying? another thing that I auditioned for that went away. What were the agents saying? They weren't saying anything because when you go on uh, uh, pilot season can sometimes be three to six auditions a day. So at the end of the day, they're like, yeah, they're going a different direction. Oh, they they chose not. And if some of them just pass by and you never even ask about them, because yeah. you're just like, if I didn't sure. hear, then they didn't like me. Right, right. Um, Did you want the role? Did you like the role? Did you know that the role was some sort of portal into something amazing or no? I didn't know. I thought it was... I didn't, I didn't even get to read the whole script. I yeah. read scenes. Right. So I liked that it was, I could tell it was different and I could tell it was smart. Yeah. But I didn't know what this character was, if anything. Uh-huh. Or if she was just, she was a guest star when right. I auditioned for it. Uh-huh. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So um, I thought the mid role was more exciting. Right. Because it was sexy. Yeah. Um. So I said, I'll, I'll do any role in this thing if right. if it's a series regular. Sure. Like, they, and they said, well, it will become a se- series regular if you we get it. like a season two or oh, something right. like okay. that. You know? So like a month later, they called and said, you've got the part, which is weird because normally you would have to go through more steps like a network test and a studio test. But because AMC didn't have any other shows, they didn't have a system set up. Right. So they just were like, you're on tape. We saw it. You're great. Do you oh, want that's the right. role? AMC was Mad Men's on AMC? Was yeah. It? We were I their forgot. first show ever. Yeah. So I was I was up for another pilot, and my agents really wanted me to do that because it was the more prestigious. It was on a real network. Yeah. And it just seemed more of a sure bet. And I right. really put my foot down. I was like, I really... I want this. And my agents were like, ah, we think you should go for the other one. And my manager really stood by me and said, I think this project, there's something really interesting. And Not I the said, old manager, the new manager. The new manager. Yeah. And I said, I've done the projects that seem like sure bets. And they didn't get picked up either. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, John Wells, Sally Field. Like, what's, like, right. I thought I was on the new West Wing. Right. Canceled in six. Yeah. So I was like, let's go for the cool one. Right. And you did that, and your agents, did you fight with your agents? They they let me go. <laughs> they let me go. They were like, that basically, must... my agent went on pregnancy leave, and mm. then no one wanted to take over being my agent. You were working so much. How I, was that fucking possible? I was like, I'm, 
I have a series every year. What, what is what not it like? I guess it cost them a lot of money to send messengers and scripts to my house. It wasn't like a. They didn't see me going anywhere. I guess it. So that was like shitty and snotty. It was embarrassing. I was really embarrassed. Because your manager was like, "This is like this is what you're doing." The agents like, "Well, fuck you." Kind of, yeah. And and then you've got to, of no fault of your own, you've got to be like, you know, you were dropped from your agency. Yeah. But then you you have a sweet smell of uh, revenge there. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I had people, Matt was like, do you want me to write, a, Matt Weiner, the creator of yeah. him, and he was like, you want me to write him a letter? And I said, the great thing about this show is no letter needs to be written. It's, we all know yeah. someone fucked up here. Yeah, it's good. And it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna take care of itself yeah I don't need to write any letters but going into this role you know given that you know once you got the part you'd only read the sides and then you know once these scripts started coming and and you realized that this was sort of a uh you know in terms of a female character a kind of pivotal and, and unique character to 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 be a woman who's going to eventually kind of fight it out and be judged by this you know these well-suited you know, uh, sexist, predatory men yeah. of an era. But, you know, you were going to be the woman that sort of transcends in her whole... Oh, you and Elizabeth Moss, I believe, if I yeah. remember properly, took different journeys to... Exactly. You know, being, you know, realized... Yeah. ...as powerful women. But I didn't know... I mean, that is something that developed for the character. I mean, it wasn't something that we knew in season one. In season one, Matt Weiner said... You're going to have an affair with Roger Sterling. And I was like, yes, I love that actor. Yeah. He's so good. I've always loved that actor. I can't yeah. believe I get to have like scenes with him. Yeah. So I was psyched about that. And there's the thing, like in season one, I'm kind of just this sassy bitch. Right. Like I, like I, I come around and I like give people the once over and yeah. I, and I tell them my opinion and, and make people feel bad. And she's kind of this eavesdropper, know-it-all, busy bee. Yeah. Um, which was really fun, but yeah. also like hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. Who and why she's this way? Right. And then as the years developed, they must have been writing to for you. It's after season one, knowing you know, seeing what you could do, and that must have given them inspiration to take the character places that you could take it. I think so, and I and Matt always said. He couldn't see, he couldn't see Peggy without Joan. He couldn't see Joan without Peggy because they were such different women. Yeah, and it created such an interesting dynamic within that office space to see two women going about something so differently. Yeah, and almost being friends, but but bumping heads and and just fundamentally different ideas of of how to get ahead. Yeah, um, so he loved showing their storylines through each other. And then I think as he got to know me, I, I think Joan softened up a little bit and and um, she became a mother and a lover and a, and a wife and, and you saw much more of her home life. And, yeah. Yeah. But it must have been like at least, um, you know, throughout the run of Mad Men, the character kept evolving. Yeah. And it becomes uh, like, a, I, I imagine, a, a joy to uh, to sort of be involved because, you know, it, it's not one of those shows that sort of levels off and creates a one-dimensional character that you just refill every week. No, it was like you would learn something new about her each week. And, I mean, as you know, doing a show now for, you know, each season you get more history with the other yeah. characters. And so every scene becomes richer and deeper because you're not playing – 
that scene, you're playing six seasons. Right. Yeah. Emotions with someone. Every every scene with Roger Sterling was so loaded. Yeah. Yeah. You know, more and more and more. So it just became like a joy. And the thing just, you know, it, it kind of changed the culture. Mad Men, yeah. the culture of television and it just a, and the culture in general. Yeah. You know, and uh, it, it's funny because I don't, I, I'm, I'm trying to see if I've, I've watched, you know, you did a lot of work since then. Well, another period, that's fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know those ladies. Yeah, they're great. Um, but, but I imagine that, you know, the, the baggage that comes from being a cultural phenomenon has got to be a little exhausting. Um. I mean, there is no baggage. I mean, it's just I guess the not, best not. thing that ever happened to my sure. career. Right, right, right. I mean, it opened up so many doors. Like I said, that's when I started doing films, getting offered. You know, I used to walk in a room to audition, and they'd be eating a turkey sandwich and shuffling through a million headshots trying to find the one that's you while you're doing your scene yeah. and taking phone calls. and yeah. Now you walk in, you walk in, and there's a little bit of respect there already because right. they liked your show. Right. They are going to give you a moment. Yeah. To do your thing. Sure. And right. Like, yeah. not have a taco. You're, yeah. You know? <laughs> or fucking sit on their phone. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever something. it is. You, you get that five minutes is actually yours. Yeah. You're, you're a made person. Yeah. 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 So, and, and before I got Mad Men, I was getting a lot more sort of the quirky sidekick friend or the right. nervous girl or the um and no one had ever seen thought that i could do something with a lot of strength yeah and that character was filled with strength yeah and it changed the type of roles that i've been offered and um but the out, nice thing is a lot of people in our industry watched that show oh yeah exactly so it helped. yeah but out in the world are you that person to people um, like, I mean, like, cause like it, it took me a long time to not see John Hamm as Don John, Draper. Yeah. Like, I mean, I didn't think he would ever be able to kind of shift gears out of that. Right. I mean, for, for a long time, I think because I look so different than I did on the show. I mean, I always had the updo and like yeah. the very, very proper tailoring and stuff. So when people see us out and our hair is down and we're in jeans and right. stuff, their people are like, oh my God, you're so young. <laughs> like, I had no idea. And because it was so specific in 60s, yeah. the second you take us out of the 60s, yeah, you're just... it takes a second, but then you can just get back to normal and be like, oh, yeah. she can play right. a woman who looks right. now. It's possible. It's so funny about the 60s. That, like, you know, everybody looked old. Everyone looked old. Yeah, older. If you were 30, you looked yeah. like you were like a grandparent. Yeah, it's weird, though, because yeah. like, it was even that way with the people that were not all... Like, can, I, it, it, it always blows me away that like Jimi Hendrix was 27. You know when he died. Are you serious? I think so. Yeah, and Janis Joplin, and you know, like there are these well, people. They were living hard. They were living hard, but they they always seemed they they never seemed like they were in their twenties. No. Even even though they were hippies or whatever, but like but the people in 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 Mad Men, like even you, know, you just assume they're just full grown adults. But it's just yeah. it's just the way the it looked. I know. I mean that we that's what everyone would be like. You look exactly like my mom, or exactly like my grandmother, or exactly like my aunt. And you pull up those old photos, yeah. and it's like. And then you realize those people are 25. Exactly. They're not 35 exactly. or 40. People thought we were much, much older on the show. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, I was I was 30 when I started the show. Yeah. And so, in, and then this new show, like, you, I mean, you, you did other stuff, but this is the big, this is the next big thing, right? Good Girls, really. The movies, though, you did good movies. Drive was a good movie. Thank you. 
Did you like doing that? I loved it. Yeah. I've got a chance to do a, a lot of great films in in the time and in in the break. Which since one did then. you like the most? I mean, like which like when you say that, like because Drive was like that was an interesting movie. I mean, Drive. It's an interesting question. Which ones did you love doing the most? Which yeah. ones came out the best? Which ones do you think you know are you most proud of? Yeah, I'm so proud of Drive, and it's amazing. I wasn't there a ton. I have a small role, right. in, but it was it, it was an important thing for me. Yeah. Um, I just finished doing a movie last year uh, called American Woman that'll be out in a in a couple, month and a half or so. That was just one of those things where it was like such a labor of love. Like it was just the most amazing experience. What's that about? Um, it's about a family. Sienna Miller and I play sisters and, and her daughter is abducted and it's about this family sort of breaking down and then bringing themselves back together and bonding and huh. how you get through trauma. Oh, how, and, oh, and Pat Healy's in it. Love Pat Healy. And then I did I did Romanoffs with Matt Weiner at, over in Prague a year When is that going to be on? It's already been on. It's done. Oh, it has? Yeah. Damn it. That's the thing. You can stream it. My The hair person from Globe was on that, Teresa. I know, Teresa. And you know Lana. And Lana, yeah. Two of my best friends. They're your best friends? I mean, I yeah. worked with them. They're like family. Yeah. 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 They. Yeah, I, I was texting Lana yesterday. Oh, yeah? Did she yeah. tell you you were coming on here? I didn't. I didn't. I forgot about the connection. Yeah. Oddly, we were just talking about like stupid shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Teresa made me uh, made me look like I was from the eighties. She's for... so good. I yeah, mean, I love them. They're great. The way that she has done everyone's hair on that, I was like, it's crazy. It made me get a perm first of all. Yeah. Fried my hair. Yeah. It's taken me a year and a half to try and get the stupid perm off because I was so inspired by what she did to everyone's hair that. Really? Darn it. I know. It's crazy. You went out and got a perm? I like got a, a perm. I had these people that I somehow put blind trust in. They were like, oh, yeah, perms are different these days. I was like, but I have chemically treated hair. Are you sure? Yeah. They were like, no problem. I. It was worse than your worst case scenario. Friday. They started crying. Yeah. I had a chemical burn. It was breaking off. All, it was a nightmare. Oh, God. All because Allison Brie looked so good. That was a cute perm, right? <laughs> so cute on her. Yeah, best yeah. look ever. It's crazy with those girls. I, like I just I come, I come in at like seven, and they've been there since five just to get the fucking hair right. Yeah, I'm sure. And there's so many of them I that know. they got it. It was crazy. I, I also just worked with Mariana Polka. She, oh, direct, yeah. she directed me in a film recently. This past year. Oh, that's yeah. great. When's that coming out? It's out. Oh boy, <laughs> which one's that called? It's called Egg. Yeah, how was it? It came out like a, two months ago. I can't keep. No, there's a lot of stuff out there. There really is. There's a, a lot, lot of, of content. But I watched a few Good Girls. Oh, good. Yeah. Excellent. Because I wanted to at least know Thank what you. you were up to. Yeah. Now, with this role, like, um, did they have you in mind or did you go in for it? The truth, is, the truth is they shot the pilot with another actress. Really? Um, and, and they were recasting the role and then they came to me and I got the very, very rare opportunity to see the show before I did it. Normally you read a script and you hope for the best, so but I actually got to see a finished product. And they didn't air that pilot or they did? They did not. Right. No. So and you are the person. So I'm I'm yeah. the person as far as, yeah. as Anyone anyone's yeah. seen. Right. Um, this happens all the time in Hollywood. Yeah. It is nothing against her right. or anyone who's been replaced. I yeah. have been replaced. I saw Julianne Moore on, on oh, yeah, about camera the, last night saying she was replaced. Please forgive me. Is yeah. it that? 
Yeah, it's kind of like, wild. Right? Effing Julianne Moore. It made me feel better. Yeah, because um, it does happen to all of us at some point. Yeah, and then yeah, right. And that other actress is going to have her version and her story. Yeah, exactly. And, and she'll have some amazing thing. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, usually it works out. It does. Yeah, not always, but okay. <laughs> so I got to see it. Yeah, I had read the script and I thought it was great, but I was like, I don't. It's on NBC. I don't know if I trust the. That they're going to go with this dark, weird tone. Yeah, I, yeah, I was curious about that. Yeah, I was scared, and then I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, they went for it!" Mm-hmm. Like they're they went for it, mm-hmm. and I thought, if they can keep doing this, then I'm interested. Right. And I it probably took me a month of talking to Jenna Bands, our creator, talking to people at NBC, and being like, I, "You have to promise me that you're not going to get scared and back down, saying." We offended someone or this got to, I said, you've got to, this has got to be the, the tone of the show. And they kept promising and they, they've been true to their word. So. And you like playing this character? It's like, it's, it's, it's complicated to, to create these, you know, strong female characters that are, it's, it's that zone where, you, you know, I, I think it probably started like Breaking Bad, you know, has this idea that these, these characters are decent folks that have become morally compromised out of necessity or, or out of, and then, you know, they kind of live in that zone. They right. navigate, you know, being kind of bad people, but but you empathize for them. Right. Yeah. It's tricky. Whereas in Breaking Bad, I think they went a little more full throttle. That's what I mean. Like with yeah. Breaking Bad, like you definitely were empathizing for a guy who killed people. Right. <laughs> you know, and, like, and on ours, you know, it... it it gets compared to it because obviously it's people living normal lives in the Midwest who stumble into this thing that's so out of their depth. Yeah, and they try to navigate it. And they try to navigate stuck. it. But but they're but they're constantly backtracking and wanting to be good people and yeah. and drawing lines in places like that that's where we we can't go further than that. That's yeah. where I draw the line. That's when you're a bad person. This is right. when you're a good person. Yeah. And how you justify doing those bad things little by like little. Like you don't shoot the guy. You don't shoot the guy. We're not killers, you know. Not yet. And so we're still like doing bake sales and we're still, you know, yeah. picking them up at the pool. Yeah. But trying to navigate this thing. And, and your husband had to take a bullet. Husband had to take a bullet. Yeah. Matt Lillard, who's great. great I haven't seen function. him, I think, since the Descendants. Who, he was great on that. I love he that plays movie. some more character. <laughs> In a way, yeah, yeah, kind of a douche, <laughs> a douche. Uh, but he couldn't be nicer. He's the best guy ever. Yeah, I'm so lucky to uh, get to play his wife. But um, and and he jokes on. He's like, God, why do I have to be such a dick all the time? You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but he does it really well. And it's it, his role is really hard too because you're teetering on this guy who's cheated on his wife and and depleted their financials and been reckless. Yeah, and. And yet there's something, the way that Matt does it, that's sort of lovable and likable. And you can yeah. see why they were together. And you can see that he's a good dad. And, right. and you can see there's history there. So it's it's a bit of a complicated relationship. And are people watching it? I think so. It's on network. You should know. First of all, I am i don't know what those numbers mean. Me I'm really bad at it. Yeah. One, yes. But I, yes, they watched it on NBC. But then they really started watching it on Netflix. Oh, yeah. A lot of people think we're a Netflix show. Well, we good. are an NBC show. It's kind of two different audiences, which is great. Um, 
and then we're on Hulu. So we're getting ourselves out there in a bunch of different ways. But a lot of people were like, oh, my God, I just binge watch your show. Are you going to get a season two? And I'm like, yeah, it's actually on tonight. But you have to watch it on NBC. <laughs> you got to w- yeah. watch it like a normal TV yeah. show. Yeah. Way- I like having to wait a week. Me too. I like that. Yeah, it's better than watching all of them at once and having to wait a year. You can. If you you just also wait- completely forget. Right. Yeah. I'll watch an entire series and I'm like, that was amazing. Oh, my God. And then they're like, remember when? And I'm like. Really. No, I yeah. watched it in three days. Yeah. Like, I, I consume too much at it, one time. Well, it's crazy because you literally got to wait a year. That was the benefit of a uh, you know, yeah. weekly thing is you looked forward to it. Like, when The Sopranos first aired, it was like you built your life around Sunday or oh whatever. Oh, my God, of course. And yeah. Mad Men, you, people would talk yeah. about what happened all week long. I think it was Better World. I think so. <laughs> but everybody's so. doing such great, you know, Reddit. That, that's like a d- completely different thing for her. I've never seen her like that. And she She's really, awesome. Yeah. She's so awesome in it. And, and May is amazing. Yeah, yeah. You guys are- you, you're They're great. the coolest. You're great. And, it, and it, you're going to ride that line this whole season. Yeah. I mean, it gets darker in season two. The, the characters are quirky and they're in ridiculous situations. So yeah. it is really funny. The show is really, really funny. But at yeah, its core, it, it's a drama and it's it's quite emotional. But you do they, they are sensitive to the comedy of it? I mean, it, it is like you said. It's funny. Like, are they right? Do they know it's funny? I mean, yeah. It's supposed I mean, to be funny? I think the whole time we were, we've been trying to ride this line of comedy drama. In fact, as you know, like when it comes to award seasons and stuff, and they want to put you up for a category, we didn't know what oh, we really? would call ourselves because we really feel. I like- I guess that's a way of of. Well, I, yeah, I can see that. I only watched a few, but I, I guess, yeah, I, I can see that it does play for comedy, and I guess that's sort of a way to temper the darkness of it, you know, because Ozarks does not have any funny in it. No, that's dark. You know, yeah. but it's sort of a similar setup where you have, like, someone who's just trying to get their asses right. out of something but then ends up, you know. Yeah, completely. there's definitely intentional humor in this yeah sure and we write the humor but we try not to play the humor right but it's so confusing these days it's sort of like if you're a half hour show then you're just automatically considered a comedy yeah but was nurse jackie a comedy yeah yeah i don't know it feels like a drama to me right right yeah all of this stuff is bs but i like watching shows that i get both i think it's interesting i thought mad men was hilarious yeah did you yeah i thought it was really funny (laughs) it was dark and funny and weird i'm trying to think if i thought it was funny I mean, just think of all the like Roger Sterling lines, oh, like well, he's he's funny. snarky he's a and witty guy. Things yeah, happening yeah. to he's, Pete Campbell, and yeah. Yeah, there was some weird, funny stuff. In there, there was, yeah. Well, congratulations on it. Thank you. It was nice talking to you. Very nice. Do you think we covered it? Oh wait, accordion. Oh my God, there's not a lot to tell. But you can play it. I can't anymore. This is the sad truth. I, my ex knew that I always loved the accordion. I thought it was a beautiful instrument. One year he gave it to me for Christmas. And uh, so I started learning as an adult. It's not something oh. I grew up with. You weren't some sort of polka master when no. you were No, so I would go to Silver Lake Conservator- Conservatory of Music. Flea's they, Place? Yeah, Flea's Place. They, they sort of tout themselves as saying we teach every instrument. So I found an accordion teacher there and um, <laughs> studied a little bit with him. And then on Mad Men... Matt called me one day and he was like, do you speak French and and do you play the piano? And I said, I'll learn French if you want me to. And I don't really play the piano, but I do play a little accordion, which was perfect because we hadn't established a piano in Joan's apartment. Yeah. It was a very small apartment. Right. So to strap on an accordion solved a million problems. Interesting. So then they got me another accordion teacher and had her come up 
and teach me each week. So when I play on Mad Men, I am a like anyone who actually plays the accordion is like, oh, she is not very good. Yeah, yeah. But enough to like do it. Right. I was a beginner and yeah. I really enjoyed it. And then I went on location for different films and this and that and, and set it aside. And it's in my office winking at me every day and I want to play it, but I'd be starting over. I would be starting over. But I won't get rid of it because I do have every intention of starting again. Okay. Well, um, maybe someday. Maybe someday. All right. Good talking to you. That's it. Christina Hendricks. Nice chatting with her. Uh, Good Girls is on. uh, The new episodes are on Sunday nights at 10, 9 central. Okay. All right. I haven't played guitar in weeks. For all the tour dates, which there are many now, go to wtfpod.com slash tour. Haven't picked up a guitar in two weeks. Let's pick it up now. And let's put some fucking echo on it.